Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 36. I'm Sam Hargreaves, and this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. This month, I've interviewed two members of the Nine Beats Collective, author and teacher Mark Scandrett and the singer-songwriter Heather Lynn. They've been part of a project organised by SGM LifeWords, exploring the Beatitudes from fresh angles. The project gathered together musicians, songwriters and theologians to collaborate on a double album of songs inspired by the Beatitudes and called Nine Beats to the Bar. As well as the two interviews edited together, you'll also hear Heather Lynn performing two of her songs live and exclusively for you. An older song called Ever and a Nine Beats song called Blessed Are the Undead. After that, you'll hear clips from three of the songs from the album. It's lovely to be here with you, Hevelyn. Ah, it's lovely to be with you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for making this time. <laughs> and you're here with Mark Scrandrett. Yes. Right? Yeah. And... We're on a bit of a Nine Beats tour together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's been your favourite thing about the tour so far? Oh, my goodness. I think getting to know people and mm. be with people and see, oh, I've seen so many beautiful things. And yeah. I love these towns and these places that have kind of a quintessential essence of, you know, England or Europe yeah. to them. I yeah. just kind of just I just get giddy about it. And where have you been on this trip? Uh, this trip, um, we were at Greenbelt mm. and we debuted the Nine Beats album and the Ninefold Path uh, resource there. Yeah. and. We did a date in uh, London and a date in um, Brighton mm. and tonight in Luton. Whoa, this is the highlight. You're Seriously. You're peaking tonight. Yeah. Well, be- I hope it's not a peak, but I hope it's a a new level. <laughs> <laughs> and how's Greenbelt? It's fun Bell? for me. Greenbelt was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was still kind of getting over the jet lag, I think. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And it didn't rain. Mm. So that was incredible. Yes. It was a beautiful festival. That was a miracle. We I had think. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, I've heard lots. Of, I wasn't there this year, but I've heard lots of good things. Because you guys basically took over a whole, almost like a whole venue, right? Yeah, we did the Canvas and Shelter, or, or, mm-hmm. or one of them, one or the other. Uh, and we did two sessions a day, like mm. one one on the first day and then two sessions morning and evening. Yeah. Uh, one for each of the nine beats, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So it was nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'd love to um, find out a bit more about your involvement in nine beats. But just tell us mm. a little bit first more about yourself. Like how, what's your story? How did you get into songwriting and singing? And mm. Well... I've been writing songs and singing for as long as I can remember. Like I remember my, my mom tells me that I was singing before I was talking oh. and I, I believe her <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I remember being, or I remember remembering at least cause I guess that's how it goes. Uh, mm, sitting yeah. in my car seat, making up songs about, you know, the Bible stories that oh, we, whatever Bible story was for that week. And also yeah. like uh, John the Baptist making up songs about John the Baptist and Abraham and Sarah and, <clears throat> all of that. I also made up songs about butterflies and toothpaste and because <laughs> you had a good holistic spirituality. That's what. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? Um, and I remember writing a song um, to a friend of mine. She was going away, and I, I wrote her a song about about how much she meant to me Aww. and how she was a treasure to my life. Um, but I didn't get serious about that. That definitely tapered off. You know how. I mean, I'm a typical artist, a typical creative. I get, I can get really insecure about my work. And mm. there were things in my life, even as a teenager, that made me 
question my singing and whatever. And I and in and in college I picked it up again. I started playing guitar in in college, mm. uh, the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, and started to get serious about songwriting then. And did a a week of a, a semester program around songwriting and okay. recording, and was basically told I don't have what it takes. Oh, wow. Pretty pretty much by the director of the program, and oh, <laughs> and I let my dream die. Oh, no. and, but really, uh, my whole life, really all I ever wanted to do was sing mm. and make songs and share them with people. But I kind of thought, well, maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe this isn't God's will for my life. Mm. Maybe maybe it's a selfish desire, you know, because a lot of times those notions of um, like singing singing for people, you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll or fame and fortune or whatever. But I've realized like it's really never, ever been about fame and fortune for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And at this point uh, in my journey for a decade of like really being serious about singing and songwriting and traveling, um, it's like clear I wouldn't still be doing it if it were at all about those Mm -hmm. things, you know? I had kind of a quarter life crisis at 25. (laughs) I kid you not. I was uh, looking back at a journal entry that was a couple years old. It was on a New Year's Day. It was 10 things I wanted to do that year. And it included writing songs and recording them. And I just wanted to do that, like, within, in the midst of my life. I wasn't yeah. thinking too much about travel. Um, I had a, you know, really great gig, a great, great job. And I just was really struck by how um, I was like, oh, wow, I have never not wanted to do this. Mm. And I didn't do it. Mm. Like, even... And I could have, Mm, and I didn't. And at that point, Jason and I had been married for two years already, and people were asking us constantly when we were having children, and we were looking at houses. And I just kind of knew in the deepest way of knowing that if I went ahead with that course of life and didn't at least give songwriting and singing my best shot, Mm. then I would end up resenting my life Mm. and and regretting my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was just this really profound, like, I have to make some changes. So I did start um, writing songs then and writing about all the things like they were, I was working in a church at the time. And so I would, I would write about like the theology of baptism or I'd write about, you know, something from a parable of Jesus um, but I really wanted to write about everything in the human experience. Yeah. So I started writing um, songs about justice and you know social issues, and I started writing a love, you know, I wrote like a love song. Peace ever, joy ever, following you. Light ever, love ever, radiating through.
good Peace ever, joy ever Following you Light ever, love ever Radiating through And everywhere you go May you always be home And everyone you meet Be messengers of peace May we choose courageously May we hope defiantly May we love outrageously And walk on lightly in humility started an organization rather than a church. It was mm. called, and so one of the things that the organization does is helps create Christian community. Um, but it's called Reimagine. Uh-huh. And uh, we call it a Center for Integral Christian Practice. So the longer I was doing this work, the more kind of focused my energy got yeah. to, um, I'm interested in what are the, what are the communal practices that help form us in Christ-likeness. Mm. And um, so early on, forming missional communities, we kind of started to identify some practices. And really, part of it came out of honesty with our neighbors that um, if if we were offering hospitality mm. or meals or doing picnics in the park, and people asked us why you're doing this, mm. and we said, well, we're a church, they could immediately pick up on, oh, you're tr- you're you're trying to be my friend, so I'll come yeah, yeah, yeah. T- to your event and believe like you. And so we had to s- kind of rethink our motives. <clears throat> and I thought, well, I think I could genuinely say, I'm trying to be a good neighbor because it's part of my path is trying to be a follower of the way of Jesus. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that really leads us into the, the nine beat stuff, right? Because your approach to the Beatitudes uh, feels very different to how I've heard the Beatitudes Mm. taught before. And this idea that they are communal practices, that they are habits, Mm -hmm. that they are a way. Do you want to just unpack that a little bit? Because that I heard you speak yesterday and it really struck me as as really fresh. Yeah. So um, I often start by saying I I, I wrote a book uh, in 2007 that made it to all the U.S. bookstores. Mm-hmm. And uh, a Zen Buddhist priest contacted me, and he said, I'm in my mid-50s, but when I was a teenager, I had a Jesus experience. Hmm. But I felt poisoned by this emphasis on in and out mm. and on um, um, 
you know, this exclusivity. And so I, my interest turned to Eastern spirituality, but the way you wrote in this book, it makes me think maybe I, maybe I could be a Christian. Mm. Um, so we started hanging out and I remember asking him the first time we got together, what, what's your way, what's the way you're trying to seek as a Buddhist? Mm. And he could very succinctly say, well, here's the four noble truths and the eightfold path, uh, right livelihood, right motive. These are the things mm. that I'm trying to walk out in my mm. life. And at the time it struck me, if I asked the average Christian, what's, what's your way? Mm. When you get up in the morning and you approach your day, mm. what are you trying to do as a self-identified follower of Jesus? Mm. And I think most of us would struggle with an answer. We might, we might say, well, love God mm. and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. But how often do we get up in the morning yeah, and actually yeah, yeah. even... Go, we might say, I'm trying to hang on to that feeling I had in Sunday yeah. when I heard that really good band play. <laughs> so so we, have a, we have a crisis here. If, if Jesus had a clear way, yeah. and I think he did, it's, in the, it's definitely in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Um, if he had a clear way and we can't articulate it, mm. how will we ever get to actually walking it out? Mm. Um, so um, I looked at the I looked at the Beatitudes um, and I'm like, there's nine statements here that I think reveal something about human nature mm. and ache, but they also point us towards what's real and true and invite us to walk as Jesus walked. Mm. So um, really th uh, from, a, from a kind of a, um, a careful reading of the text perspective, I think there's two places you can go with the Beatitudes. I hope we're not nerding out. No, this much. is great. Nerding out. Nerd <laughs> <Okay>. away. <laughs> so the first is G those are nine statements that basically the gist of it is nobody's left out. Everybody's welcome mm, to say mm -hmm. yes to life in the kingdom of God. You're poor, you're in mourning, mm. you're meek and trampled on, mm. you're in. And um, I'll, that's the perspective that many um, readers take. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't think that's actually. That's. I think that it's definitely. That's. It's definitely what it means. But yeah. it's not the only thing. Yeah. Um, Jesus could have gotten that message done in three statements or four, yeah, but. Yeah. He belabors it to nine. And so <clears throat> what I like to think of it as is the table of contents mm. for the categories of life that Jesus is going to be um, saying how his message of the kingdom impacts. And he unpacks it in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. So he says, blessed are the poor. And then later in the sermon, he says, don't worry about your life. Yeah. Um, and be generous with possessions. A person's life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. Mm. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's, um, the, he's touching on one of our aches. We do, do I have enough? Mm. I feel poor. And he's turning it on its head and saying, there's another way. Mm. I felt like when you were saying that yesterday, I had a light bulb moment of like, oh, the, these Beatitudes actually apply to me. Mm. I think when I'd heard the first category that mm -hmm. you describe of like, 
look, Jesus is saying the poor get in. Yeah. Oh, isn't this an upside down kingdom? Wow, the yeah. poor get in or the mourning get in or the... Yeah. And I always went, oh, isn't that good for the poor? You know, isn't that yeah. good for the mourning? Isn't yeah. that good? If I'm ever, you know, persecuted for righteousness sake, yeah. wow, I'm going to get yeah. excited about that. So I kind of, I, I almost, I almost cut myself out of the Beatitudes because I thought, well, isn't that brilliant that Jesus thinks that? Yeah. And it's only when you started talking about them as a way mm-hmm. that I saw, I, I kind of had this light bulb yesterday of like, oh, I could apply these to myself every day. Yeah. So um, I, I sent you this morning some mm. reflection questions. So, um, for example, with Blessed are the Poor, the questions might be, um, you know, what do I need today? Mm. Jesus said, ask, seek, knock, uh, later on in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Um, so it does apply to me. Yeah. Um, wh- what do I have to share today? You know? Yeah. What, and what, what am I grateful for today? So these are, um, maybe, maybe I'm repeating myself, but mm. I think the message of Jesus connects with the deepest aches of our human condition mm. and that each of those nine statements touches on something that we all ex- will experience at mm. some time in mm. our lives and maybe almost every day yeah yeah, yeah. you know um uh beat two blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted yeah that's something i really noticed yesterday when you were um speaking in church that you actually got people to think about what they've been watching on the news, you were saying, what has made you um, discomforted? Yeah, or... what's disturbed you? Yeah. Um, what's conspiring to wake you up? Yeah, and, and that sort of sense of, um, I mean, I think I've thought about, I think people listening to this have, have thought about how do we do lament? Should we do mm-hmm. lament in church? It's kind of a a common thing to say, uh, but it's hard to do. Yeah. In the, we don't have the, the, um, the models within sort of contemporary worship to do it. And I, when I was listening to you, it made me realize, oh, just simply Jesus saying, blessed are those who mourn should give us a mandate yeah. for going, oh, we need to mourn. We need to acknowledge that there is stuff in our world, whether it's just, you know, my personal stuff or whether it's stuff like I saw yeah. in the news, Grenfell Tower or North Korea or whatever it is. Um you know, that we, we ought to be getting into this. I think pastorally, if if the songs that are sung are always happy, mm. um, then it gives it it gives people the effect or impression that to be a Christian means I, I basically am dishonest about the hard things <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm going to fake it till I make it. Yeah, yeah. And um, when life doesn't make sense, and I, and I have doubt and I wonder if God's really real and present to my life. Mm. I just have to stuff it. But mm. the, that's not what the evidence is of the um, Hebrew Christian Bible. Mm. A third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament and complaint. Yeah, Israel means those who wrestle with God. Mm. So I, I often will say in public settings, if, if you wonder where God is, or you have doubts about whether whether you're loved, mm. or if life doesn't make sense to you, 
you're in good company. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the the psalm, the psalmists and the prophets yeah. and the people of Israel. Yeah, and that um, it takes a lot of courage to wrestle with God, to not just walk away and say, I've, I've, I've experienced disappointment. Uh, I'm no longer going to believe, but to, instead of doing that, say, help God, help me understand where you're at in the ambiguities I'm facing yeah. in my life. More recently, you've been working with the nine beats collective. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Mark Scandra a bit about that, but how did you get involved? Yeah, and... really Mark, Mark invited okay. me. He sent me an email and said it was about the Beatitudes and wanting um, to kind of bring a fresh, approach to them and mm. the and the way of Jesus and I just he didn't really even say that much in that email but I just immediately felt like yes I want to do it mm. I'll learn more later yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's been quite a quite an adventure we were in I mean he might have already shared that a bunch yeah. of us got together in Malibu mm. uh, so thought leaders and artists and there was immediate rapport I think and immediate mm. respect like you I think artists and creatives it can be you know, you never know what you're getting yourself into. Like, mm. you, it could have been a room full of divas, yeah. you know? But everyone was really, um, I just felt it caring mm. and genuinely respectful and wanting to share their gifts authentically. And uh, wow. Mm. And and so there was immediate respect. And now I've really grown to love this group of people. Yeah. I wondered about, um, some of the songs are more obvious. I mean, some of them are almost literally singing yeah. or reading the, the Beatitudes. Right. Some of them... Uh, are, are less so you know they're not literally the words of the beatitude or whatever yeah. so how have you got examples of how you know either things that you fed or not other people fed in turned into songs yeah um there was uh um a, a friend named uh along with the musicians we got together a group of theologians mm-hmm. and thought leaders from various some diversity of backgrounds yeah and we spent that time co- uh at the same time, the musicians were in their hothouse, yeah. hothousing the Beatitudes. <laughs> so a day and a half overlooking the Pacific Ocean, I'd read a Beatitude yeah. and then say, okay, you guys, I want you to riff on this for a mm. while. How does how does this register with an ache you feel in your heart? Yeah. Where do you see this show up as a systemic issue of empire? Mm. Um, what's when, when in your life have you been awakened to the deeper way of Jesus that relates to this beatitude. Mm. And Matt had, um, had spent some time thinking about, um, the beatitudes in their historical setting and wrote a piece. It's, he should really explain it, but inspired by, this is Matt Valla. Yeah. The walking dead Uh that in a way, the presence of the poor and those who are mourning, et cetera, are haunting the powers that be. Mm. And reminding us of a longing for, um, of another world that's possible Mm. and maybe another world that's already here. And so he had rewritten the Beatitudes in a way that he called Blessed are the Undead. Yeah. And Heather Lynn really uh, gravitated towards the, you know, the, his words and she took them and put them to music. So that's one of the songs on the album. Blessed are the undead Blessed are the undead 
Blessed are those you see as cursed They That's such a good song. Mm. <laughs> oh, I can't take full credit for it, but thank you. Yeah, so what, where's the inspiration? Matt Valor wrote these lyrics as he was considering the Beatitudes. If anyone knows Matt Valor, you know that he 
we'll try to take a, a different perspective. Like a, mm. the Beatitudes are mostly translated pretty similarly, like yeah, yeah. however they're translated. And so he started to think about the Beatitudes as an invocation of haunting. Uh, he started to think about uh, how those who are oppressed and suffer injustice haunt the systems mm. that oppress them mm. and never go away. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Jesus did say the poor will always be with you. Uh-huh. Uh, so he also talks about how the Greek word that's used here for blessed is makarios. And it's sort of this... Uh, when you think about the Makarios, you would think of the the uber wealthy, those in power, those who win the think of it like the Greek a- athletics, mm. uh, those who are wearing that that crown, that leafy crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, here here come the the Makarios, the the life who have the life of the gods, uh-huh. basically, and <clears throat> and Jesus is just turning everything upside down, turning mm. everything on its head, inside out, you know, and saying actually. Blessed are the those who mourn. Blessed mm. are those who you know um, who are in, who are grieving and suffering injustice, and they are the makarios. And so, inversely, if you're blessing, if you're giving a blessing, then you're also giving a curse. Mm. And um, and so, it, it's interesting to think about: Is Jesus saying cursed? Cursed are those actually who um, who are who are creating the conditions that people are suffering mm. under. Um, so that's why he said he uses the, here come the depressed, here come the grieving. So he just, he's just translated it. Um, yeah. uh, and I, th- I think in words that are a, a little bit more relevant to, um, to us in some ways, um, yeah. maybe not more relevant, but it bring it brings to light, like some, some relevance well, that's, of the Beatitudes. That's one of the things about cool. this whole project, isn't yeah. it? That like the Beatitudes on one level feel very, almost over familiar. I think most mm-hmm. Christians kind of know them, right. you know, but then at the same time, they, they don't necessarily grab us anymore or mm-hmm. we don't. So yeah, what, they can what, be so quickly read. Yeah. And some of it is a little bit, I'm not really sure what that means. So mm. you just keep reading or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. find the next good bit. It's a real lovely, um, variety i think of mm-hmm. of artists you've got um i really love the sort of string quartet stuff mm-hmm. that's on there mm-hmm. there's gospel there's spoken word there's um girl heatherlyn who's with you mm-hmm. at the moment on this tour doing kind of um singer songwriter mm-hmm. uh there's afro beat mm-hmm. type stuff what, I mean, what was the why not just go for you know one one particular genre yeah i think it was really important to the project to have a diverse group of voices, mm. um, men and women, um, people of lots of different ethnic backgrounds represented. And so, um, uh, so if you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go that way, mm. then you're gonna have lots of different genres of music. Yeah, yeah. And Tony Bean, who was our, um, the executive producer on this did a really good job of, I think trying to take all those mm. different genres and create something cohesive out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like a soundscape. Yeah, you know, than a than individual songs. Tony Bean and Steve Bassett, the producers uh-huh. of the album, have really given us a lot of creative freedom. Mm. 
and have welcomed the diversity of voices as well mm. and kind of did something inexplicably brilliant with the album to to bring to make it a cohesive piece mm. it's it's really kind of astonishing to mm. me that 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 happened and um the and i guess part of what weaves it together is eric wilson's voice just he does spoken word throughout yeah. it i do about five songs on it yeah. so my voice is a familiar element mm. in the in the project I think so. So what's interesting, too, so there's diversity of um, background, there's diversity, um, as you're saying, music, musical styles. There's also quite, I think, a spectrum of theological and philosophical approaches Mm. to this. So an example of that could be Tony Bean wrote uh, the song. So he wrote the full music component of the song in recovery. Uh, yeah. And he wrote the lyrics to the first couple of stanzas, the chorus and the bridge and asked me to write three more stanzas okay. to the, to the song. Something I've never done before actually. Mm. So to try to capture someone's concept faithfully, yeah. then to like carry it on mm. with, with the lyrics to, so to help the idea develop in a yeah. song or help a story develop in a song. But then also to ca- catch their cadence. Mm. So the concept and the cadence, he, he set that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then for me to, it was such a unique challenge for me. Mm. And I loved it because <laughs> it brought out poetry in me unlike yeah. anything I've ever written yeah, before. Yeah. It was so yeah. cool. Oh. In, in the process, when we were in the studio, I deliberated with him a little bit about a couple of the lyrics. So mm. for, for one of the lines, it says... Um, the second stanza he wrote, those who believe are resigned to confessing that those seen as nothing are now to be told. They are the ones who inherit. I think it was something like the kingdom of wonder that, mm-hmm. that he said. And so I was like, so, so Tony, what, uh, um, you know, kingdom is used a lot. Like that's a very common metaphor. Mm. Um, it also can, um, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if it's, if it helps perpetuate patriarchy and mm. some, some unhelpful there some unhelpful aspects to that yeah. and so i was just um or, or there could be so i was just like what if we use like realms of wonder yeah like you know yeah and i think i, might, I maybe had a couple other ideas too and he was like oh yeah let's do that yeah. you know yeah and then there was another part um it's about uh we're in recovery of how we should be and that should the word should can be a little bit of a trigger for me and i know a lot of other people mm. if you've grown up in a very moral code based faith community mm, or church mm. um and 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 if and if around that has been embedded a really shaming narrative yeah yeah so so shoulds like and even in our society like there's so many things we think we should be doing mm. or we should so my mo- my mama would always say growing up like you know don't should on yourself <laughs> 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 and uh, and and so I was like, could, you know, what would be integral, since I'm the one singing this song, what would be like integral to my voice is um, if I could say how we could be. Because to mm. me, that's about kind of inviting possibility and wonder how, how we could be. Yeah. And it was important for him to have the word should in there. So we decided to go back and forth. So uh-huh. there's times I sing, it, we're in recovery of how we could be, and then I do how we should be.
good for me to be challenged to think about it further. Yeah. Because yeah. because when I think about it, I actually do have shoulds. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about the state, the condition of humanity, I I just wholeheartedly, without reservation, believe every child should yeah. um, have the opportunity to grow up and be fully alive and have everything they need to do that right and and i i believe that everyone should be treated equally i believe that you know what i mean so it's like when i think about it that way then then it's a different thing sounds like such a yeah such a healthy sort of dialogue and conversation Mm -hmm. between people of different backgrounds and different Mm -hmm. perspectives and i wonder you know we we do stuff in the resound songwriting group where we critique each other's material but as you're talking i'm wondering do we have enough diversity of voices within the group? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess That's the other, a great question. you know, for the people listening to the podcast who maybe, you know, they probably heard us bang on about, you know, critiquing in groups, but are you, um, it doesn't mean give everyone equal say in your song, but mm-hmm. you know, are we getting together with people from different backgrounds and mm-hmm. saying to somebody, you know, well, how does this, Mm-hmm. You know, you talk, talked about the patriarchy and I often look at worship songs that mm-hmm. use words like son and, mm-hmm. you know, and think mm-hmm. mankind, you know, and yeah, think, right. I know my wife would immediately jump on that and go, mm. that is outdated language, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mm-hmm. help me. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that sort of sense of diversity of voices critiquing yeah. each other sounds really healthy. It is really healthy. And I was actually surprised by how good it was. Mm, you know, yeah. it was really refreshing for me. Another one that I think was interesting was um, Vince Anderson has a song in the album called Hashtag Blessed. <laughs> yeah. And it's like um, hit, the first thing he thought of when he thought of the words blessed are all these celebrities yep. being like, yep. hey, I'm at this fancy resort. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Hey, my new album dropped. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm at the Academy Awards. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. And he's like, that is not what Jesus meant by blessed. So he wrote uh, kind of a sarcastic song yes. about being blessed. So what what was what particularly struck you? I mean, you've written other songs a, a, apart from this one mm. for this project. What what mm-hmm. struck you personally, and what led to songs out? Yeah, it, I'm I'm so grateful that this project is focused on the you know the ninefold path of Jesus is what mm. we're calling it, and so an actual practical day to day, every day walking around in life mm. uh, kind of approach to faith and spirituality mm. and the way of Jesus. I I wrote a song um, about uh, surrender and not grasping. Mm. Uh, and that kind of flows with the way of um, the way of trust and the mm. way of surrender. And and that kind of just came out of some life experience and um, and thinking about these things. Mm. And then uh, some, some, some of the other songs. Actually, this is an inter- interesting project for me because I mostly wrote music to other people's lyrics, okay. which isn't something I've ever done before. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I really love... There's two songs that Steve Bassett wrote the lyrics for, and 
I have fallen in love with them. So like, for example, he wrote a, a very simple song called Give Into the Love. Mm. And I love it because I think that the Beatitudes does call us to a way of lament, uh, you know, to mourn the things that are broken and to pay attention to what is hurting in our lives. And, you know, often we're, we're in society. I don't know if it's the same over here in the UK, but in America, uh, you know, we're often told to present as happy mm, or, mm. or we, you, you know, you would be considered blessed if you're living a happy life. Yeah. Right. Um, but the reality is to be fully human and to be fully alive, we have to mourn the things that are hurting and mm. we have to pay attention. And how I think of it, too, is honor the pain because <clears throat> it points to, to the place where the medicine goes. Mm. Right. Like like yeah. pain, pain is a feedback system. Things that hurt are a feedback system for yeah. where healing needs to happen <clears throat> at the same time even though it's hard sometimes to lean into those things or be present and take care of those things, it can also be hard to lean into like the good and the beautiful mm, that's right here. Mm, right. Mm. And, and, or to, to trust that it's, it's available to us to trust that, um, that there, there's goodness there because life ebbs and flows. Right. Mm. Like, so, um, so sometimes I think we're living in this middle ground spectrum of like emotion and, and ex mm. existence mm. when there's, a whole lot more to be experiencing in this in the fullness of life and so i love this i just this kind of simple mantra of like give into the love like let it let it have you give into the love give into the love that's all around you covering the universe give into the love give into the love that's all So like songs are so amazing because they take on various meaning as they exist in spaces and are in, you know, packed around various conversations or messages or whatever. So last night I was singing at, at the Hub Church and I thought, oh, it can also mean like give into it. Like you can add to oh, this. Oh, yeah. You can. Yeah. So it's not just about like receiving and like, you know, you know, kind of like surrendering and falling into this like goodness that's available to us, but like also you can add to it, you mm. can give give into it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so cool. anyway, that's very uh, cool. Yeah. So remind us when we where can people kind of check all this out? Yeah, there's two websites. One's called ninebeats.org. Is that number nine? Yes, it is. Okay. And the other one is spelled out ninefoldpath.org. Uh -huh. So there's the albums at nine ninebeats.org uh -huh. and then uh, an accompanying booklet that we developed um, that goes along with the Beatitudes is called Ninefold Path Notebook mm -hmm. and that's available at the other website. Awesome. And I know you, people can find it on Facebook and Spotify yep. and all that stuff as well. Yep. So just remind us, um, how can people get hold of your music or mm. see, I know you do some video stuff as well. How yeah. can people connect with you? Thanks for mentioning that. My website is heatherlynmusic.com. And I'm also on Facebook Live a lot. I actually do a live online with Heather Lynn series. So there's a Facebook group for that if yeah. you're interested. Once a month, I try to do a, kind of an interview and share some songs. So it's my story dwelling series. Mm -hmm. And um, also do like mini couch concerts from the road and stuff yeah. like that. Try to do that about four times uh, a month. And I also guide meditation. Um, 
And we have a Patreon page, so patreon.com backslash Heatherland Music if people would like to kind of support us. And mm. it can be just like, it can be a dollar a month. It can be whatever people yeah, yeah. feel moved. And when I do write songs, I send like a quality solo acoustic recording of that nice. to our patrons. So if that interests anyone. Awesome. Well, I've checked mm. out most of that stuff and it's really... Oh, that's so great. Thank you. good stuff. Yeah, yeah really yeah. good stuff. I love it. So um, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great chatting. Bless you. Cheers. Peace. Peace.